Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Starting Small, a podcast about brand development, entrepreneurship, and innovation in the modern world. In this episode, I'm joined by Oliver Amdrup of Peori, providing the dietary support you need to help bridge the gap of the most common nutrient deficiencies. In this episode, you'll find out that the QR code on their packages provides transparency to customers. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Starting Small. Today, I'm joined by Oliver of Peori. Oliver, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me here. Of course. Well, I'd like to start out with your upbringing. Uh, where did you grow up and what would you say your childhood was like? So, so as you can hear, my accent is not uh, typically American or anything. It's uh, It comes from, from the Nordics and, and rather Denmark. So I, I grew up just outside Copenhagen, Denmark, hmm. um, which is uh, it's obviously a small country, uh, but Copenhagen is the largest city that we have. And I grew up with my, my mom and my sister. So uh, my, my mom and my dad were really uh, not that uh, together for a very long time. So, mm-hmm. so I grew up with my mom, two super strong women in, in my life, you know, actually both entrepreneurs as well. So yeah, it's just, that was my upbringing basically. Mm-hmm. And, a, and a very good, and a very good childhood in terms of like the opportunities that you have in Denmark is, is different because no matter where you are, we have a, a really good welfare system, which mm-hmm. means basically everybody gets a chance to like go into any type of school they want. You get wow. paid to go all the way through school in Denmark. There's no, you know, uh, intuitions or any fees. You actually get, uh, yeah, you get you get a, a salary if wow. you're uh, onboarded on an education. You can even go abroad. They will pay for it, you know, wow. as long as you're kind of doing your, your thing. So, so most people tend to take a, an education just based on on the system so we have a very well educated uh, uh, yeah wow. system basically i'd like to dive into more of that here soon um what would you say your your mindset was like growing up did you have an entrepreneurial mindset uh say like selling your products or I, lemonade stands or anything like that growing up yeah i think i think so so i've i've, I've always been very individual in, in that regard uh, and you know just by seeing my mom and my sister and my sister is like six years old and she was always kind of you know uh, you know treading uh, the steps ahead of me and mm. and uh, and and kind of paving the way in in many ways and she did a lot of things herself and she was an entrepreneur uh, so I took over her newspaper route at a very young age which was uh, which made made sense and I added more newspapers route and actually had a few people helping me out suddenly uh, and and this was like I was like between 11 and 13, I think. So mm. it was pretty early on. Yeah. Um, and then I think I've always just seen that kind of uh, mindset of, you know, go after something, chase it, and, and you know, work hard for it. And, yeah. and you'll get somewhere. For sure. Uh, going into kind of that program in Denmark, that welfare program. So say if you wanted to go to a university, um, where did you end up studying? And then what did that assistance kind of look like? So, so it's interesting when you have uh, the world in front of you, you take it for granted, right? So, yeah. you know, for, for, for us, you know, my, my mother was like, you know, fairly adamant, you know, go, go through school, take an education. And I was like, I want to do this. I want to start this. I want to travel. I want to do a lot of stuff. And, yeah. and um, you, you, you're generally, you know, expected to, to kind of go through an education. And I went through an education as well. Like after uh, what we'll call high school here, you know, you go into to college and, and more your kind of uh, studies. And, and I ended up also finishing a bachelor in, in, in international business and, uh, and, and, and communication. 
but uh, I was starting on my master's and I was at the time I had started a uh, personal training uh, facility. I'd started a CrossFit gym, which was kind of one of the first CrossFit gyms in Europe. Wow. It was the second, the first one in Denmark. So I, there was a lot of things going on. You know, I was playing around with an, uh, with an app for intranet fitness, basically for corporate organizations to utilize some of these uh, facilities that many larger corporation had, but no people was using it. And this is before the iPhone. So wow. uh, there was not a, there was not an app for it. It was like an intranet video uh, thing. So I was doing a lot of things and I felt like I gotta, I gotta not finish uh, my master's right now. I gotta uh, do some of this. It felt like it was a window of opportunity. And I actually had to argue a little bit with my mom as well, <laughs> uh, because she was like, you know, I'm, I'm a, I've been working hard for us to live in the right area and, and go on so, so you could get an education. And we we kind of agreed on if I wasn't successful at at age of 30, I had to go back and do the master's. Mm. Um, so. Wow. So what did this time period look like when you uh, stopped the master's? Did you end up getting another job to kind of like help fund while you're building the startup? Or what did that look like that period? No, I think already at the time I was probably, you know, I had a, a, a very thriving personal training business in a good area of uh, of towns. So I was, I was like coaching, uh, maybe close to forty hours a week wow. uh, at the time. So you know, you could bring in the early mornings, and then you could go to school for a few hours, and you could come back and continue. That was the flexibility of, yeah. of something like that, which was, uh, which was phenomenal for building up also a little bit of of cash for potential next venture because mm -hmm. I, I didn't i didn't i didn't have like uh you know finance or i didn't bring cash from from previous to start something up so when we we started the gym you know the crossfit gym you already had some uh, capital from uh, the cash flow that the personal training business was generating when we then started uh, puri later on uh, mm -hmm. you know again it was an opportunity to do several classes on the side and yeah. then not take a salary for a period of time to again, you know, be scrappy and, and get going, uh, basically. So so that's how it worked. Wow, amazing. Kind of diving into this CrossFit uh, model again. What did that model look like? You said you, you had some existing buildings that you were able to kind of get a hold of and then kind of rent those out? Or what did that look like? I was, I was very fortunate. So first of all, this is in uh, 2006. So CrossFit is like in its infant stage, right? It was super yeah. young. It was still... It was still just like grassroots uh, fitness uh, tendency, right? Like, and and uh, you know, I really, I really enjoyed the philosophy, the the way that they were able to actually um, put a formula to fitness by you know using uh, force times distance divided by time equals power output, creating all these different varied exercises so that he or she who was the most fit was the one that could do the most different things and not just mm. like specializing in one area of fitness, whether it's strength or flexibility or, you know, uh, stamina or whatever it could be. So yeah. I felt like that made a ton of sense. And um, yeah, the gym then was, uh, you know, it's, it started out just being training then it made sense to to change it to it was called crossfit denmark at the time which made a lot of sense back then because there's no other uh, gyms and, and suddenly when there was like 50 gyms in denmark crossfit denmark didn't make a lot of sense later on but that was yeah. you know early early stage uh yeah fun and, and issues at the same time but that kind of took me into to that and that's also where i met uh, jules uh, who was uh, and is my co-founder in, in in puri and that's when we started to talk about you know 
like we talked about inflammation and lifestyle diseases and mm. and all the things that were kind of around the realm of fitness and wellness in general. And we were very curious on all the things you could do from a preventative mindset in order to live a healthier and uh, longer and happier life, basically. Yeah. And and one of the key things we dived into were, were omega-3 fatty acids or, or the the imbalance of omega-3 versus omega-6s that we were seeing from the diets and from the research and, and so on. And and then so that's why we started talking about fish oil and omega-3 fatty acids. And wow. you know, that's that's how Puri got, got started. Wow. Um, so what was Julius's background uh, coming into this? Uh, you didn't really have a background in food or science such as this. So that, that's I'm curious. Yeah, and I think that's been our, our blessing at the time, at least being until we could attract the right people uh, with the right education and so on. But uh, I think Julius' background, he came from uh, same kind of business, uh, went all the way through school, took his master in business, and and he was working at a at a at a bank on the side, so with like a promising you know career path uh, in the bank. But but he was always I've always called him like the the I think it's the wrong word, but the junior scientist or the little scientist. He's he's, he's super smart and and yeah. and and he loved tearing things apart. So I think like tearing it apart to pieces basically and breaking things down and understanding how they're built and then kind of rebuilding and thinking, how can you build this better? And that's how we were diving into, you know, you know, where does Omega-3 come from? You know, how is it created? What's the key things of Omega-3? What's then going on in industry? Why is everybody doing this when we feel it should be done like this? And I think our ignorance and, you know, our just consumer mindset of we want this you know, it has to be like, you know, the freshest fish oil on the market, meaning low uh, oxidation numbers so that the omega-3s was mo most potent. It had to be free from environmental toxins because that's basically what started our brand. Yeah. Because we were, everybody was telling us, you know, omega-3 acids are good and, you know, they're good for you. But just watch out when you start consuming, you know, fish and some, it, it can be polluted, you know, just there might be mercury, you know, dioxins and other mm. uh, environmental toxins in fish oil. So just make sure you 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 buy a pure one. And that was like a clean one. And we were like, oh, that makes sense. You know, we were walking out to the different retailers and pharmacies and we couldn't get answers from anybody. So we were like, this is weird. You know, every single one of the experts and specialists are saying just, you know, it's omega-3 is great, but watch out for, you know, heavy metals, dioxins that will be naturally occurring in fish because of how we've, you know, uh, taken care of the planet. Yeah. But then when we went out in the, you know, to the to the marketplace, and this is back in 07, 08, you know, you know, there was almost, there was no brands in Denmark that wanted to share any information with us. We found a laboratory in Canada that was like hosting. It was called the International Fish Oil Standards. And they were posting these different lab reports uh, from different brands, and we felt like that should be kind of the entry barrier. You know, when I walk into my website, it should be here is the lab result. This is what's in. This is what's not supposed to be yeah. there, and, and you know. It's transparent. It's simple. For sure. And we felt that there was an opportunity to create a brand around that. So mm. that's when we started to become super interested in that path. And obviously, we were then talking out with different specialists, doctors, people who studied this for a long time. And we were, we were all kind of getting the same feedback, but nobody had really focused on, you know, solving uh, or at least uh, uh, giving the, like, the, the transparent solution for the end consumer. Yeah. So... Amazing. So that's what we wanted to create. So in 2009, uh, Peori officially launches. Um, 
you you take these results, uh, lean on transparency. Did you end up going with that brand that was based out of Canada or that that lab to help you formulate the product? Yeah, so they didn't so didn't formulate the product, but they did all of the like third party testing for us, so we could kind of see if we were looking at. Um, we're looking at different fish oils and uh, curious to see which one are the cleanest, which one had the best uh, oxidation markers and so on. So we, by that, we could pinpoint the distant manuf- manufacturers out there. And then we could say, okay, we know that uh, the, these oceans are the, the, the least polluted. Uh, we know these type of fish are the best because they're smallest in the food chain. They, they build up the least amount of environmental toxins. And that way we could kind of map out, okay, so this is what we, where we should aim to get our, our, our raw ingredients from these are the manufacturers who have shown the best results on the data that we've seen Mm -hmm. and then those are the ones we want to work with and kind of build and then share the report from there on and just keep pushing them and that's something we continue to do that today and i think we're we're both a little bit annoying as a as a partner but also hopefully uh, you know just you know pride in some consumer uh, trust because we want to share all this data but obviously you know we're pushing to getting uh, the things cleaner and cleaner and cleaner uh, as much as possible because unfortunately the planet is in many cases moving in the other direction it's getting dirtier and dirtier and dirtier because of yeah. how we are polluting it so it's it's not getting easier and today we have a, a much wider range of products but the whole concept of the brand because there's tons of food supplement brands out there yeah. you know it's a it's a red ocean right like there's a there's so many directions and so many what we focused on is the the few key ingredients w- which we based on you know science have seen that, that deliver a result you know the yeah. omega-3 the magnesium the d vitamin the very you know heavily documented and there's a lot of heavily documented food supplements out there and in our niche is like like you can always get a, a, a batch test result from a third-party lab on every single product by just scanning the QR code on on the on the label and you'll be taken straight to now it's another lab it's called it's a it's not a lab but it's a non-profit validating the lab called clean able project wow. based out of um, Colorado and they 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 post every batch report every single label they post up there so the consumers they know exactly you know I can go in and see uh, uh, dioxins uh, oxidation uh, if, yeah. if that's what I'm looking at but if it's let's say it was a pea protein you know again heavy metals is there any pesticides residue do uh, plasticizers, anything from the extraction process that you might not want into your product and so on. Um, so, yeah. Wow, that's amazing. Um, when, I, when I look at my own supplements that I've uh, consumed in the past, I don't think they have that kind of transparency where it like, directly takes you to that QR code, to that link to educate myself. That, I, I love that portion of the brand. I'm curious, in the early days, uh, what were some of the first products that you launched with and why? Yeah, so so we launched with the omega three based on that uh, issue that we were seeing. Like, hey, how come everybody's saying this has to be clean, but nobody's sharing that information? We 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 I think we call it the pretty baby theory. So we created this pretty baby on theory, right? It's like it's the perfect product, and we will just like we're gonna call all the major retailers, and it's gonna be so easy because we have data that this is clean and better than the others, and they will take us in and we'll sell a lot, and it will be just it's smooth sailing. And uh, as most entrepreneurs will tell you, that is exactly how it's not going to go. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it was a much different process. Uh, and we ended up going in a total different directions that retailers didn't get it. 
they're starting to right now. So if you look into, you know, whether it's 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 Target, CVS, or some of the major ones in the US, uh, Whole Foods obviously pioneered part of this, uh, you know, quality assurance uh, side. But, you know, even like Target has a cleaner Target uh, logo now where they're starting to set their standards. What does clean mean? Uh, CVS, Project Beacon, they're doing different things to, you know, test products and so on. So we're seeing transparency is, is getting broader. But, but when we start it out you know most people didn't care the consumer mm. we saw that did care was the crossfitter so the crossfitters they were like okay they were into their food and training the diet they wanted to nerd anything and and they were again being like pick like best high quality omega-3 it's one of the good supplements that you can add to your diet and mm. um, so that's how we kind of we spread uh, very internationally for a small Danish brand, basically. Remember, Denmark is like five and a half million people, wow. so it's like it's it's not even Manhattan, right? Like it's a it's a it's a tiny uh, uh, tiny place. But we spread on like suddenly you you're selling in Australia, South Africa, Asia, US, and all over because the CrossFit community really, uh, you know, was growing and 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 were appreciating the transparency that we were giving them. Wow, amazing. Uh, at launch, uh, did you did you launch on an e-commerce website? Is that how you expanded internationally so quick, or did you go into retail? What did that look like? So it's a, it was a, a startup mix, right? So a classic, uh, uh, you know, let's do a little bit of everything and run in every direction and chase every opportunity until we we decided that we had to kind of mature a little bit and grow up. So we were doing like distributors and. Uh, yeah, retailers, CrossFit gyms, direct to consumer, uh, third party web platforms. We were kind of selling all over the place. And it uh, we we decided that we couldn't become the brand that we wanted to be associated with by being so uh, under invested in every channel, basically, because that's what ended up happening, right? You become under invested. Uh, and uh, we picked out certain markets where we wanted to be. Mm. We'd be more positioned and and more so on. But but that being said, we definitely, as the the brand continues to grow and you know our 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 positioning continues to grow, it will definitely open up more markets because again, it's a it's a need uh, all yeah. across the globe for yeah transparent high quality food supplements as well. For sure. So, uh, talking on the expansion, what would you say is your main marketing strategy, and what what have you found to be the most successful for the brand? Yeah, so I think we, we had two journeys, I would say, in, in the marketing side, because one was this first organic growth through the CrossFit community where we decided to say after we couldn't just get the retailers on board that we wanted, we decided let's just go after, you know, we, um, we'll we we'll do everything we can to support the CrossFit community and, and, and be in that space. So that was like from influencers to events to uh, going to the gyms, uh, educating, uh, hosting webinars, doing like everything we could have kind of... Uh, as easy accessible marketing as possible. So mm. that combined with at the time social media marketing was like uh, was was actually organic, right? And you could go really far without having to pay uh, through the engines. Yeah. Today it's it's obviously it's a different game, and our focus is becoming. Um, less and less just being associated with CrossFit since like vitamin D is equally important for so many other populations or uh, yeah. omega-3. 
and it's still a big group of uh, of our customers but i think that our consumers are are more the ones that that really care about the environmental footprint that they're taking in mm. and that is a, a new niche so when we yeah. started crossfit that was a niche but this is a new niche but it's a niche that we believe will become much broader and and more important for for the brand and what we're doing over time you're not saying yeah. that crossfit and fitness is not important it's super important for for the people and individuals but uh, i think for us as a brand you know, the whole purpose was how can we help bring transparency to the industry by showing the way. So we're yeah. showing the way first. We're pushing our suppliers in, in every end. We're educating consumers. And now we're trying to get other brands on board as well. Because at the end of the day, you know, I would much rather be a consumer where I could go down and buy my, uh, yeah, let's say protein for now, but it could be my dark chocolate, my rice, and having a, a transparent QR code so I could actually see, you know, what's the heavy metal content that I have in, in this dark chocolate? What's the heavy metal content? Because but because there is environmental toxins in our food chain. And yeah. right now we're like, we are, all of us are ignorant. Like we, we have no idea. We might be polluted by water in our house that we don't know. We might be polluted by air that we don't know. Most mm -hmm. times we are polluted by the food we consume that we don't know. And, yeah. you know, you've seen the scandals right now on PFAS and, you know, the forever chemicals and how they're just kind of everywhere because we use them for so many different things. You know, they're in our bodies. We know they're, you know, uh, they're bad for us in so many different ways. We know they're hard to get rid of in the body. You know, that's, to us, it's it's such a minimal uh, playing, like viable part of the playing field of being able to say, you know, as a consumer, high risk of contamination, because we know there's contamination out there, should just be tested. It's yeah. a fairly simple lab report. It's not simple to fix it necessarily back chain, but that's another project. But as soon as consumers want that, you know, that's something you can expand. So yeah. to, to answer your question and not going too far off on the tangent here for you, like the, the, the key is we, we start to see healthy moms because generally when, when we become parents, we start to become more aware of environmental toxins because we're told, you know, watch out what you're consuming. It might get into your milk. You know, yeah. we're controlled, minimize rice exposure, you know, don't don't eat fish uh, from these areas. So suddenly the, the environmental toxin is, is coming on our radar due to where we are in life. So yeah. so we focused on that audience uh, for a period of time. But I would say um, the, the, the entire toxicology environment, the people who are like generally caring about removing uh yeah environmental toxins from 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 our lives you know that's where we're going to focus yeah. and that's also where we see many of the consumers are coming from if we go deep nerding on our amazon data for example and look at you know the many reviews we have on, on some of our products and we can see how many people like like they were like i was researching the web for the the cleanest magnesium product and i you know i found clean label project it's a non-profit they seem like they're testing different products and putting up data and i could actually find the data on this product so I, I i i trust that it's clean and i can consume it on a regular basis yeah because that's the other component of food supplements and and reason why we believe it's such an important area to 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 uh to, to shed light on is you're consuming this day in and day out yeah. I, I use myself as an example i've been consuming our omega-3 fatty acid fish oil like capsules three to six capsules i get my blood measured i, I I'm, I'm fairly nerd dialed in on you know biometrics and so on but yeah if if there was a little bit of heavy metal in it i would have been polluting myself i've been consuming these for 13 years right wow. it's it's a very long time and um, so the, our point is the things that you're doing on a daily basis the things you consume regularly they have to be clean for sure right? so interesting 
Uh, taking some of that data, what would you say is the top seller for Peori, uh, looking at it today? So it, it, it varies a lot from, from market to market, actually, and, and yeah. even something uh, by season, and even by channel. So uh, I think, as you see, we don't have a lot of products, so we don't have a lot of different, but there's there's five products that are the majority of our sales. And then it varies a lot from, from market to market, which one are the driver, but it's the omega-3, the magnesium, the D-vitamin, uh, it's the protein uh, product, especially in the U.S., and then it's uh, it's our collagen products. Those yeah. are, are, I would say, the the biggest ones. But again, then we have like in in the Nordics over here, and especially in Sweden, we have a a big spike of vitamin D sales in the winter, like a huge spike. So quantities goes up dramatically because people they they we have light all day <laughs> during the summer, and then we have zero light uh, during the winter, right? So mm-hmm. so people are a little bit more. Uh, at least in Sweden, we've seen that they're even more educated on, you know, it's a good idea to, to add D vitamin to your diet in the, during yeah. the wintertime. Amazing. Well, I'd like to conclude each episode with this. Uh, if you could share one piece of advice with an aspiring entrepreneur, maybe something you've learned or regret, what would you say that would be? So one piece of advice is hard, but I would say, obviously, don't give up. Yeah. You know, uh, believe in in. You know, there's this. I was saying there's there's two p there's two routes you can become an entrepreneur. You can become really good at just seeing opportunities and acting on it, and kind of the whole entire process of building something that's growing and and maybe exiting is is one route. But the other one is like super related to who you are as a person and your your purpose and your um your values. And if it's if it's the latter, you know, you want to be in it for a long time. You know, I, I've been in Puri for 13 years, uh, obviously, since we, we started. And, you know, I could be here. I, I hope that the brand will be in doing and that we will be here uh, many years from now. There's, there's, I don't have to have a, a deadline, an end a yeah. goal, because it's, it's such a value. But if you're the entrepreneur that's like love creating stuff and it's more for the creation, it's a different process. So I think that's it. And then the overlying theme is, you know. You know, hustle hard you know it's uh it will it, it it will take a lot of work and effort and then you know align yourself with good people have For good sure. people around you that uh is better at uh the things you're not that good at for sure well Oliver, thank you so much for taking the time to join me and to the listeners out there make sure to check out peori at peori.com hey thank you for listening to this episode of starting small if you would leave a review on whatever platform you're listening on Also, follow Starting Small Pod on social platforms to keep up to date on future guests.